Well, good morning, everybody. everybody good I can't tell you how delighted I am to be back home uh, yeah so this is very much home to me already I'm a fast learner um, and I would say a quick hugger right or quality who embraces quickly and so um, thank you oh that's right we we forgot if you are uh, 6th to 12th grade, our, our student pastor, Isaac, is in the back. We have time for them. So if you are 6th to 12th grade, man, please, at this time, we would encourage you to pop up and go hang out uh, with them together. All right, there we go. Yeah. So, uh, man, so yeah, I want to say first, it is just good to be home. Second, I want to say this. Uh, I am so grateful. Um, for the teaching team that we have here. I, I really am, man, like so, um, I, I am just so very grateful for the last two weeks with Mark, uh, and then also with Nikki. Uh, and I know that Lauren is great with child, and that is a blessing all its own, uh, but her as well. Now we have so many people uh, here that can hear from the Lord and clearly articulate what he has to say for us week in and week out. So I don't know if you guys know how much of a blessing that that is um, to not just have one voice to kind of articulate for us the message of the Lord. We get the consistent message of God through several voices, several ways that it is designed. So me personally, I am so appreciative for that. When we were driving back on Monday, right, coming from Lubbock to here. Now 60% of us are here. My wife is here this morning. <laughs> And my youngest, Andrew. This is a picture of Andrew. Um, so he's here with us as well. And he got to ride in the car with Denise for a while. He got to ride the truck with me for a while. And when we got close to Louisiana, we were talking about a few of our favorite things. And one of his favorite things is right now Sonic the Hedgehog. He loves Sonic the Hedgehog. And so this obviously is not Sonic. This is a real hedgehog. But in the midst of that conversation, uh, you know, he had a question for us, and the question was, uh, is, okay, I'm just gonna pause, like, is that gonna get fixed? Because if it's not, I'll just turn it off and talk loud. Okay, so yeah, so, uh, man, he was like, does anybody in our new church have a hedgehog? And I said, I don't know, I'll ask. So if any of you happen to have a hedgehog for a pet, I can tell you right now, my son would be very delighted to meet you. If you don't have a hedgehog for a pet, uh, I was thinking maybe, just maybe, uh, we could get like a, 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 a vineyard church mascot, <laughs> right? Maybe have like a, a, have a, a, a hedgehog in the foyer every week to enjoy. We're in a certain series called I Have a Question, uh, and it is intentional on one level. I love when we get together with new friends and new family, we begin to ask questions, to be curious, to be inquisitive, and learn more and more and more about each other. Uh, in this sermon series, we've taken a look at five different questions that Jesus asked. It was commonplace for him to ask many questions, for him to use questions, to open up the hearts and the minds of those that he was having conversations with. Uh, this is our fifth week, and so I wanted to take just a second 
to review and look at some of the things that God has deposited in us in the midst of looking at these questions. In week one, we looked at the question, why are you afraid? And one of the cool key deposits God had for us was that fear is a great assessment tool on the way to greater faith. So we ever find ourselves in fear of something, it's like, what's being threatened? And, and what is it that I'm, I'm afraid of losing? And then how does that counter in my relationship with the Lord, in my next step of faith? So fear really is a great assessment tool on our way to greater faith. And the next week we asked a very important question. Who do you say that I am? Now, several of Jesus' questions were rhetorical. This one expects an answer. Who do you say that I am? And once we have perhaps acknowledged and surrendered in our hearts that he is Lord and Savior, beyond that, we decided, now let's not spend a lot of our time and energy defining Jesus. Right? Let's spend time discovering him, experiencing him, sharing him. The next week, uh, Mark helped us look at, are there not 12 hours in a day, Jesus healing of Lazarus and his patient perfection throughout that whole story. And Mark asked us, man, he reminded us, you may not know what God means at times, what he is doing in the moment or where he is taking you in this season. But man, God knows exactly what he means and exactly what he is doing exactly where he's taking you. And then just last week, Nikki helped us look at the Garden of Gethsemane hours before Jesus uh, was captured and crucified. And he asked his disciples in the midst of that, are you still sleeping? And she helped us see the invitation of God to be active, to be ready, to be equipped in the moment. And then the challenge that we have when uh, our tendencies and our flesh might work against that invitation. And so we were encouraged, man, to be ready for what God wants to do in and through and with us. Today, not a rhetorical question, one of those ones that demands an answer. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And as we answer that question, this is another question that when we answer it, man, it helps us better understand how we approach God and also how we relate to God. This is a question that we see in all four Gospels. So today I would encourage you, open up a Bible and turn with me to Mark chapter 10. So in Mark chapter 10, in Matthew 20, and in Luke 18, we all see the story of Jesus healing blind Bartimaeus. In one gospel, it says that there are two men that are healed in this uh, story, in this account. In John, it's a different story, but still the same question. In John, it's at the very, very beginning when his disciples hear from John the Baptist that Jesus is the Lamb of God, and they go and seek him out. And he says, what do you want? What are you looking for? And in that story, they say, well, we want to see where you stay. But in our story today, Mark chapter 10, it is the story of blind Bartimaeus. And so I would encourage you, man, let's grab a Bible together and open up there uh, as we study together. Let's jump right in. So verse 46 says, then they came to Jericho. They... 
they being Jesus and the disciples. They came to Jericho, and later he, that's Jesus, was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd. Now, a beggar who was blind, who was named Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And this morning, as we look at this together, uh, what, what I would hope for us is that we would kind of examine, we would focus on the different heart postures that we see in the people that are around Jesus, as well as how Jesus can discern and then encourage or correct or redirect that heart posture. Uh, so like for Bartimaeus, for example, right, where it says, and when he heard it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus senses the nearness of Jesus. So he's in a space, it's a common place for him, right? So this road that he's on, as a beggar, as blind, you can think there's like eyes closed, there's like this area that he's familiar with, and he's kind of familiar with the surroundings and what it feels like and what it sounds like and what he expects. And then Jesus arrives, and he hears about Jesus, and he knows about Jesus, and I would say even more importantly, he believes about Jesus. So when he senses this nearness, he unabashedly cries out for connection. And his heart posture is noteworthy, right? What I would say about Barnabas here is one, he gives glory to God. Two, he calls upon God's character. And then three, he asks for intervention. And before we step into that a little bit more closely, if you are looking at a Bible with me, Scoot up just a little bit to Mark chapter 10, verse 35. I find it fascinating. This is why it's so fun to read verses or stories in context. Because our story of blind Bartimaeus isn't the only time Jesus asks the question, what do you want me to do for you? He actually asks it right there in verse 36 as well. Let's go to 35. So James and John, these are disciples of the sons of thunder. Check this out. They came up to Jesus and they said, Teacher, <laughs> we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. <laughs> That's bold, right? Hey, um, so we have a favor and we want you to do it, like whatever we ask for. Um, and then Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Right? And they go on to say that we want to sit at your right and on your left when you are in your glory. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time like really dissecting everything that's said. But what's cool, Jesus says two things. He says, one, you don't know what you're asking for. And he says, two, it's not mine to give. Which I thought is a really beautiful thing to say. Right? You don't know what you're asking for, and it's really not even mine to give. And then he goes on to talk about the importance. Of, he addresses their heart posture, their desire, and their demand for what I would say is like clout or notoriety. Hey, we want to be that guy. 
right? We want you to do whatever we ask. And our ask, our request is that we can be that guy. So they're really calling upon the power of Jesus and asking for some favoritism or some selection. And then Jesus makes it the point to not only redirect them, but redirect all the disciples and shape what it's like to be a follower of him. And he says, like, man, like, it will not be so among you, right? We're, we, our emphasis will be service, not being served. So it's interesting, right? We want you to do whatever we ask of you. Let's go back to Bartimaeus. And he gives glory, calls upon the character, and asks for intervention. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Gives him glory, son of David. Definitely a, a moniker that shows he believes he is the Messiah. Right? It's not just teacher, which is what James and John said. Hey, teacher, we want you to do us whatever we ask of you. He's saying, son of David, have mercy. So there's the glory part. And then calls upon his character. Have mercy. That thing that you are, may it come to life here. So he gives God glory. He calls upon his character. And then he asks for intervention. Have mercy on me. Now the people that are around him. They're physically near Jesus. And, and I would say they don't want the flow of what's going on, their trip out of town on to the next place, to be disrupted. So they are literally, in their be quiet, they are shushing an attempt at divine connection. They're gathered around Jesus, they're with Jesus, they're flowing with Jesus, and then there's this opportunity for interruption, and they're like, we don't want to be interrupted. And they're actually, they're actually shushing. Shush, shush. They're shushing an attempt to connect with Jesus. Now we can get all like soapboxy on this, but I would just say like for the sake of time, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but I would say for us, man, I hope that's never true of us. As a church, and I don't think it is, but like, man, let's just, let's see that for what it is. And like, let's always be people who encourage like energy toward divine connection, right? So, they're trying to move along, they're trying to quiet Barnabas, and I think the next three words are the most important words we'll read today. And then Jesus stopped. And then Jesus stopped. In this one slow motion, Jesus, hear me, man, he affirms the cry of Bartimaeus and he quiets the shushing of the people. So check it out. Will you guys humor me just a little bit this morning? Because I want us to fully experience this. Okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to recreate this completely for just a moment. You're going to use the word commotion. So say, commotion! Commotion! Wonderful. So now that I want you to use the word commotion as like it's a foreign language, and then you can just talk how you want to talk. Ha <laughs> ha, commotion! Commotion, 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 commotion. Oh, commotion! Commotion, 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 commotion. I want all of you to do it, right? All of you to commotion. Just normal, neighborly, we're on our way out of Jericho, commotion, but we all have to do it. Alright? And then you might hear somebody with a cry for mercy. 
If you do, wherever you hear that cry of mercy, just point to that cry and say shush. And then go back to your commotion. Okay? Alright, so commotion, commotion, commotion. If you hear a cry, shush, or shush, or shush. But I'm gonna just, I'm gonna actually just for like the sake of like the, the following of Jesus, I'm gonna make one quick trip around this intersection. When I get back here, I'm gonna stop. And everybody kind of had like a connection and, and everybody was aware of Jesus, right? So when he stopped, they stopped. Then I want us at that point to stop. Y'all ready to like step into what we're reading about? All right, so let's, commotion. Commotion, 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 commotion. I live here on earth. 
God listens, God delivers, God meets us exactly where we are. Back to verse 49. And Jesus stopped. And Jesus said, Now call him here. So they called the man who was blind and said to him, Take courage, stand up, he is calling for you. And then throwing off his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. Right here in these two verses, there's two groups of three. Just real quick, I want us to look at and hopefully store in our hearts. The first one, take courage, stand up, he is calling for you. Take courage, stand up, he is calling for you. On our good days, as children of God, my hope is that this would be the song that we would sing to those around us. If we see anybody discouraged, or anybody encouraged, however you see them, however you receive them, may this be like in, in the vibe of what we communicate with them. Take courage, stand up, he is calling for you. On our bad days, when we are discouraged, when we have potentially some not so nice things looping in our head or worries flipping in our hearts, may these words be the loop that we intentionally set on repeat. Take courage. Stand up. He is calling for you. Take courage. Stand up. He is calling for you. Bartimaeus didn't just sit there. Bartimaeus didn't just sit there. Can we do that thing that some pastors do, uh, that they love to do it? And some people who listen to pastors think it's a bit silly, but I want to do it anyway. Will somebody please say, the healing hasn't happened yet? The healing hasn't happened yet. Come on now, I promise this is not a weekly thing, but this is a today thing. The healing hasn't happened yet. The healing hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't. He's still blind. He's still a beggar. But nothing has changed yet. But he did not just sit there and hope. God opened up an opportunity for him. And here's what Bartimaeus said. He tossed aside the things that were connected to him and to his hurt and to his headaches. He jumped up. He enthusiastically moved toward the new. And he made a beeline for the Lord. He tossed aside, he jumped up, and he made a beeline. My question for all of us this morning, what do we need to toss aside? How can I jump up? And what is that path for me this week that I can walk straight to Jesus? Because I know for a fact he is opening a door for all of us. And this kind of activity gets God's attention. And that's such like a, a, a clever punctuation on a sermon or a, a pastoral point. Like, let's just look at it for a second. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus 
on the day that he met Jesus, he wasn't acting like a tax collector. He wasn't at his booth. He was climbing up a tree. That was how he was enthusiastically getting in Jesus' way. And that's the path that he took to make a beeline for him. And Jesus, what? Stopped. And what did he do? Zacchaeus, I'm having lunch with you today. Today. When we do this, God takes notice. And for me, like that's just encouraging. And so I, I so it's like, hey, here's our fun three questions. Like, I, I mean, when, when this hit me, I'm like, man, okay, like, what do I need to toss aside? Because all of us, man, all of us have stuff that we're like, we're trudging through like molasses. We are, man. Like, I don't know if it's like this much molasses or this much molasses, but like, we're, we're, we've got molasses. So what can I do? What can I toss aside? How can I enthusiastically like step toward the new? What is that jump for me? I mean, what is that path? Is it prayer? Is it service? How do I engage and call upon the Holy Spirit this week? So much so that God would take notice. Because if you go to the next verse, I, I love these words. Verse 51. And answering him. He didn't say anything, right? Like, remember, he was like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. You guys are being so patient with this crazy microphone. Um, but Jesus answered his tossing and his jumping and his running. And what did he answer it with? What do you want me to do for you? What do you... You have my attention. What do you want me to do for you? I see your zeal. I see your surrender. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Like, we go back to James and John, and they go, hey, teacher, we want you to do whatever you want us to do. <laughs> okay? Well, what do you want me to do for you? Right? Like, completely different heart postures and conversations. Now, hear me. Don't miss this, man. But Bartimaeus, with his reverence, with his boldness, and his incessant determination for change, he did. He gathered the complete attention of Jesus. But this is not transactional. Right? It's not formulaic. It's not like this is like the posture you hold. So you got to get the genie thing happening with Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that like when we own surrender, when we acknowledge the character of God and we invite him into our lives, it gets his attention. But as one who looks upon the heart and not upon the outside things, our heart and our motivations have to be pure. And he'll know it and he'll answer to it. A couple of other things in these verses before we close up. I'm going to be quick. Rabboni. Rabbi is teacher. We all know that. Rabboni is like an emphatic teacher. It's not just like you're a teacher. It's like you are the teacher. Like you are the guy in charge. And this is only said two times in the New Testament so far as I know. It's in this situation before anything like super lordship messianic happened. Like the cross and the raising of the grave. And then like after it happened, when Mary said, Rabboni. 
on Easter Sunday morning. So to me, that's pretty special because he is making this proclamation before like all of that has happened. Which brings about some really cool spiritual insight and respect. And then finally, Jesus said to him, man, like, go. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Your heart posture has made you well. I'm just curious. And I'm really careful not to draw hard lines in the Bible to these mysterious. But I'm just curious. If it wasn't Bartimaeus' surrender, acknowledgement, and inter like an invitation of intervention that caused the miracle to happen. Your faith has made you well. Your heart posture is as such to where you can receive from me. Amen. And again, like it's not formulaic. You're not only going to get a miracle if you hold yourself a certain way. But if we're embittered, or if we're looking for authority, or if we're looking to have significance, blah, 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 whatever. Like, wow, man. <laughs> again, you guys are patient with me. Um, when we're going after those things, man, like I don't know if we're in a spot to really receive from the Lord. But when we say, you are, like, Jesus, you are the son of David. You are the one who, like, exudes mercy. Please, pour that on me. Because this is a miraculous thing, man. Like, he gets to see. But it's so nonchalant. What do you want me to do for you? I want to regain my sight. Go. Your faith has made you well. There's other times a little more dramatic. Jesus gets some mud, spits it in, like rubs it on their eyes. And... This is just like, go. And immediately, immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. Let's position ourselves this week. Talk about heart posture. Heart posture. And I'm going to invite Yoni to come up. I'm done. Um, God's not, but I am. Um, <laughs> positioning ourselves this way. First, man, let's give glory to God. What does it look like for us to give glory to God? For Bartimaeus, it was saved with a cool messianic term. You're the son of David. But I'm curious how Mark would give glory to God. I'm curious how Hannah would give glory to God. How each of us would do that this week. Secondly, now let's call upon his character. Let's look for, approach him. If we need courage, let's approach his like strength and resolve and completeness. If we need like a heart that forgives, let's approach his graciousness and mercy. If we need his love, man, like let's rest in the truth that there's literally nothing we can do to bring back or shorten or make smaller his love for us. Let's call upon his character. And finally, man, let's ask for intervention. I don't know what's going on in your life this week, but invite Jesus in. Invite the Holy Spirit. Like, let's put it in our spidey senses, right? Let's like make that connection with him.
and make more of our week. Right? Let's make more of our week. What are you doing this week? Ah, uh, just this. Ah, uh, just this. Right? I've got like an early drive to New Orleans tomorrow with Ryan Rogan. What, what? And I've got a flight to Lubbock. Who knows what kind of people I'm going to walk? Those are the things I've been on this week. What would it look like, man, to like ask, like, Lord, like, man, be with us in the truck on the way. Open my eyes. Give me the courage to like actually talk to the person next to me on the airplane. Those kind of let's ask for his intervention in our week this week. 